Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Pastor Kristen Stone King. Our mission at Epworth is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Together, we encourage each other, challenge each other, and welcome all people on their journey of faith. Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven home? When Jesus is my portion, a constant friend is he. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. Oh, his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches. Yes, I know he watches. We are a reconciling congregation, meaning that persons of all sexual orientations and gender identities are welcomed to help transform our church and our world into the full expression of Christ's inclusive love. We are a sanctuary church advocating for the rights and dignity of immigrants and we stand in solidarity with the movement for Black Lives. I know I've been changed. I know I've been changed. I know I've been changed. Cause the angels in heaven Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message. I know I've been changed. I know I've been changed. I know I've been changed. Cause the angels in heaven that sign my name. Hold on just a little while longer. Hold on just a little while longer. Hold on just a little while longer. Everything's gonna be alright Wait in the water Wait in the water, children Wait in the water God's gonna cover the water Hold on just a little while longer Hold on just a little while longer Hold on 
Will you pray with me, please? Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, this last week included an election day, though you might have not known it in our area because we didn't really have uh, any elections that were that much of note. But the, the headlines, you see the headlines on Wednesday? The, the headlines suggested a lot of bad news. New, bad news for the current administration uh, and the agenda to address climate change or the hope that we could address the scourge of police violence against persons of color. Like me, you may have become alarmed and concerned reading the headlines. But if you kept reading, there were other stories and many stories with hopeful signs. Everything from municipalities that did make positive steps in rethinking community safety to new reports that show that global carbon emissions decreased 6.4% in 2020, showing that something good came out of even the coronavirus pandemic. In a recent conversation with my mom, she decried that the news she's reading these days always seems to be bad news. Are things really getting as dire as they seem, she said? Well, there's a reason for this. Studies have shown that negative stories can initially garner more attention. It's related to the evolutionary fact that we as humans are primed to be alert to danger. And so in a media world that's driven by metrics and time spent on page and readership and clicks, as we give our attention to bad news and think in bad news frames, it's like feeding the beast. Well, our reading today from Isaiah, which you heard Paloma read, is a story of news. And typically, Isaiah is regarded as a prophet. When we think of prophets, it's, it's more often that images of fish shaking and doomsday pronouncements come to mind. Bad news. And it's true that within these recorded texts of Isaiah's words, warnings and dire predictions are included. But few books in the Hebrew scriptures are as beloved and quoted as Isaiah. And even in our communion liturgy, when we say God's spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of, of sight to the blind, to set at liberty all those who are oppressed, what we are really doing is quoting Jesus who was reading from the book of Isaiah. Now those words, to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty all those who are oppressed, that doesn't sound like bad news to me. Along with the book of Psalms, Isaiah is quoted far more frequently in the New Testament than any other book from the Hebrew Scriptures. Isaiah's 
importance to the earliest interpreters of the life of Jesus cannot be exaggerated. In fact, no less than the great priest and Bible translator Jerome said in his preface to the book of Isaiah that Isaiah should really be called not a prophet, but an evangelist. So was Isaiah a bearer of bad news or good news? Not much is known about Isaiah. He lived in the 8th century before the Common Era and possibly into the 7th century. The writings of the book of Isaiah may even stretch to authorship into the 6th century BCE, before the Common Era. Scholars are not of one mind about who wrote all 66 chapters of Isaiah. Was Isaiah himself the author over several eras, or were there different collaborators and contributors under Isaiah's name? There are different schools of thought on that question. But what we do know is that in Isaiah, there are two key themes that stand out. The call to Israel to be faithful in exile in Babylon and the prediction of the coming of a Messiah, not as a military vanquisher, but as a suffering servant. There are times in our lives or in the life of a family or of a community when what had been a smooth and relatively peaceful existence turns to strife or tragedy or calamity. These experiences tend to bring about a reckoning. And this was true of the experience of exile for Israel. In military defeat, many of the Israelites in exile longed for revenge and vindication, perhaps even more so than return. They wanted to reclaim what had been theirs in all of its glory. The good news that they wanted to hear from any prophet of their God was that that was what was coming. But Isaiah doesn't go there. Instead, he describes a manifestation of God who comes to establish justice, but not by force. He describes a servant king who brings forth a kind of return, but a return through faithfulness, service, and fidelity to God's will, even unto death. To many Israelites, this sounded a lot more like bad news than good news. A month ago, an old friend of mine whom I met when our children were in preschool together, reached out to me. I hadn't talked to her since before the pandemic, so I was glad to see her name come up. But she started with some bad news. Her husband, also a dear friend, had been battling an aggressive and unrelenting cancer for the last few months. He's dying, she said. He's decided to forego further treatment because it isn't working. Please come. When I arrived at their home, I found him surrounded by family. The extraneous details of life had been stripped away, and they were there in the marrow with him, attending to the expressions of love and gratitude and forgiveness 
that give our lives meaning. As his family described this experience, the word exquisite kept coming up. Not that they would have chosen it, but even in the face of the end of his earthly life, they turned their attention fully toward love and life. Attachments to the past or the future fell away in the face of just affirming that his life had been a good one, that they were blessed to have each other, and that in the ways that he offered himself as husband, father, son, brother, and friend, he lived, and he lived well. On Friday, I, offici I officiated his memorial service. He was only 58, with a daughter in college. But he came to the point where he realized what was happening in the hospital wasn't living, and that to move into death with dignity was actually an affirmation of life. In his letting go, he gave all who loved him the gift of space to just be together in joy, to celebrate his life and in grief as his earthly life came to a close. When we talk of the suffering servant of which Isaiah spoke and of which we connect with the person of Jesus, we must be careful to understand that it is not that suffering is the goal or God's intention or in itself proves anything. Suffering is never to be sought or celebrated. Suffering in this life is. It just is. But at the same time, a life that is connected to God to love, to community, to striving for right relationship with all people can transcend and even be informed by any wisdom gained through suffering. This is what I saw as I sat by my friend's bed as he led those dearest to him to that far shore. And this is what we see in the person of Jesus. Let us live as those prepared to die so that in life or death we live in the eternal love of God. When Jerome said that Isaiah was better called an evangelist than a prophet, this is what he meant. That this prophet was really a bringer of good news. This prophet who drew us towards the meaning of life was an evangelist, a messenger of good news in the sense of the etymology of that word, the Greek root, evangelou, which literally means good news. On this day on which we celebrate the saints of Epworth and the saints of all, we give thanks for the lives of those who have walked on this earth and however they have struggled or strived, suffered or served, we know they are released. And we know this is good news. There may have been things that happened to them that were received at, as bad news at the time. 
And certainly there is human grief. But what we know in faith is that at the end, in release, and especially surrounded by love, they are received into the good news of God's unconditional love eternally. While we may feel that bad news is coming at us all the time through the media, the truth is that we have the power to choose where our attention goes. Further research about good news shows that we are also primed to respond to positivity. Good news stories in the media are shared at a much higher rate than bad news. The truth is that we can choose to focus on the bad news of attachments and fear and envy and revenge and judgment, or we can open ourselves to the beauty of this present moment, even if it is a moment in which we are saying goodbye to the dearest of loved ones. The beauty and truth and wisdom of Isaiah in his good news prophecy of the suffering servant and in the life of Jesus is that life is everlasting and that in each moment we are invited to amplify the miracles of love in this world. We give God thanks for the saints among us and the miracles of their lives and the everlasting communion of all the saints. And this, my friends, is good news. Amen. Order my steps in your word, dear Lord. Lead me, guide me every day. Send your anointing, Lord, I pray. Order my steps in your word. Please order my steps in your word. Humbly I ask thee to teach me your will. While you are working, help me be still. Though evil is present, Lord, you're real. Order my steps in your word. Please order my steps in your word. I want to walk worthy. My calling to fulfill. Please order my steps, Lord. And I'll do, I'll do your blessed will. The world is ever changing. But I know you're still the same If you order my steps I'll praise your holy name Yes, I want to walk worthy I want to walk worthy My calling to fulfill Please order And I'll do I'll do your blessed will world is ever changing, but I know you're still the same. If you order my steps, I'll praise your holy name. Yes, order my steps in your word, order my tongue in your word, guide my feet. In your word, wash my heart. In your word, show me how to walk. 
in your word. Show me how to talk in your word. And when I need a brand new song to sing, show me how to let your praises ring in your word. Your word. Please order in your word. Please order my steps in your word. I want to walk worthy in your word. Order my steps in your word. Order my steps in your word. Order my steps in your word. You've been listening to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Wherever you're located, we'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. Our online worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings on Facebook, YouTube, and on our website at epworthberkeley.org. Or you can fill out an online connect card at epworthberkeley.org backslash connect. Have a great week. Send from somewhere to my soul How they linger Ever near me And the sacred past unfolds
Precious sacred scenes unfold.